2: What's up fellas? Welcome back to Convos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today I had a super fun conversation with Izzy Seidel. I'm sure you guys are going to love today's episode. We talk all about her experience running at Northwestern, growing up with her sister Molly, who I'm sure you guys are familiar with. She's already been on this podcast. Their dynamic growing up, becoming a content creator... Working at Tracksmith, living in New York City, and so much more. So I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. Before we hop into the conversation with Izzy, I want to touch on one of my favorite sponsors ever, Inside Tracker. To live your healthiest, longest life possible, you need to understand what's going on inside your body. Inside Tracker goes beyond generic blood work by revealing a more personalized reference range for each person, what they call the optimal zone, to assess precisely where your health is optimized and where it's not. I actually just recently got my blood drawn again with Inside Tracker. As you guys know, I have high cortisol and I'm sad to inform you guys that it is still high, but we are trending downwards. Some other really insightful ones that I saw were my ferritin is really low. It's 20, um, which is not good. For me, you know, usually it's like 40 is pretty good for me, so 20 is pretty bad. So I've started supplementing with iron. But Inside Tracker was created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, and they analyze your blood, DNA, and they analyze your fitness tracking data to help you live healthier longer. Basically on their app, you get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation. Like for me right now, I'm focusing on omega-3s because of my LDL cholesterol is high as well. So stuff like chia seeds, Flax seeds, olive oil. Also, you can add inner age 2.0 to any plan to calculate your true biological age and see how you're aging from the inside out, which is really cool. For a limited time, take 20% off their top selling ultimate plan if you're in the US or Canada. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash Emma or use code Emma20 for 20% off. That's insidetracker.com forward slash Emma and code Emma20 for 20% off the entire Tracker store linked in the show notes as per usual. Now let's get into today's episode with Izzy. Okay, Izzy, I'm excited to have you on the podcast. I feel like it's a long time coming, you know? had your sister and now it's your turn so I know are holding
3: out yeah <laughs> very excited to be here <laughs> yes
2: okay to get started do you want to just give us a little bit of a rundown of who you are and what you're about
3: yes so my name is Izzy Seidel and I live in New York City I am a content creator Um and i Focus a lot of my content on like running and um lifestyle and fashion. And for most of you listening, you probably know me as Molly Seidel's sister. Um so that's that was like a horrible description of myself. Um, but that's me. <laughs> I don't I, think that's, that's
2: like Yeah, <laughs> that's not a horrible description. Um that's funny though. Have you maybe you haven't met her? Uh Lydia Keating, do you follow her?
3: no and I want to meet her so badly and I actually um saw her run in the marathon the New York marathon that was this past weekend um but we also have mutual friends and I'm just like there's so many people that I want to meet that I've not yet met so maybe we can make that happen at some point but I saw she is coming on the pod or is on the pod she literally
2: the episode got released today it's just funny the way you just described yourself I'm like I feel like that was Almost to a T, like, Lydia's exact same description,
3: minus uh,
2: Molly's sister. But, (laughs) no, it's just funny. I feel like as social media grows, there's, like, more people popping out in the running world, and it's exciting to see. I love...
3: I will say, when she followed me on Instagram, I got very excited, (laughs) so... I was like, I love you,
2: yeah. It was really cool. I literally, like, I talked to her on Tuesday, it's Thursday now, so like two days ago. And we chatted for literally two hours. That was the longest oh, episode I think I've ever had on the podcast.
3: Very well, just you wait, oh, yeah. We'll see ago. what
2: we get into today.
3: I <laughs> yes, feel bad though, it's longest yet,
2: <laughs> yeah. I feel bad. Nice. I'm like, I feel like an hour and a half is like too long for a podcast, personally, nah,
3: but. I okay. love popping in a podcast, walking around the city. The longer, the better. I'm like, I don't want it to end. So yeah, we'll see how long this goes. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So you moved to New York, I think immediately when I left. I'm pretty sure. Yes, and I was so excited because I remember. So I moved here in October mm-hmm. of last year. So I just hit my one year mark, but I knew I was moving in. Uh, probably like. August. And I was like, oh my God. Like, and I didn't obviously know any of my New York friends that I now know, but I followed that whole like Brooklyn track club um squad, I would say, from social media. And I saw that you were living there and I was like, I'm so excited to meet her. <laughs> and then you moved.
2: Yeah. And then I left no. immediately. So, um, and then she
3: was gone.
2: Yeah. What brought you so. to the city?
3: Um, so I originally moved for a job and I did that up until um May of this past year and then I took the leap to full-time content creating quote um in May. So I I moved here. I was working for Tracksmith um in Boston before that. And then a lot of people like thought I didn't have a job. They just thought I was like running, I guess. Um but I worked for Tracksmith and then I quit that job. Uh, got another job at a menswear company and then quit that job in May. So. Okay. So you <laughs> moved from
2: Boston to New York?
3: Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it was, it was one of the most chaotic periods of my life because I actually lived out of a suitcase for like three months. Um, But we made it work and yeah. we found an apartment. Yeah. And now I'm also moving again. So We love it. You just are you
2: moving just to a different part of the city or a different apartment or what?
3: I am trying to initiate a move to Williamsburg, which I never thought I would say this early on. Um, but I, being part of Brooklyn Track Club, most of my like social circle, I would say, is in Williamsburg slash Manhattan is like starting to stress me out a little bit. Not in like a bad way, but like I think I need to to remove myself from it be in Williamsburg and then like have the option to go into Manhattan so yeah
2: what part of the city do you live in now
3: I am like lower east side um lower east side I like to say Nolita but it's like really lower east side Chinatown (laughs) so it's great great spot it's tiny like my my uh bedroom is truly a closet that just has a mattress in it but uh we love it it's still great it's the New York experience so
2: the true New York experience I've seen some crazy apartments like TikTok like a 200 square feet for like a studio I'm like what is this
3: do I don't roommates? know what feed mine is, but it's so little. There's one window that makes my room legal. Uh, my roommate has the nicer room. So. Legal. There's skylights, luckily, um, on that fifth floor walk up. <laughs> so guys, mm. we're living the dream in New York City. <laughs>
2: yes, love that. So what what made you want to move from like to New York? Just I mean, you move for a job, but did, was it like yeah, specifically for the job or what?
3: I never thought I wanted to live here and I loved Boston Boston is an amazing city I would highly recommend living there if you're like have any inkling to live there um but I I visited New York in the spring of 2020 or no 2021 um and this was like still COVID times Boston I will say was super shut down during COVID um, there just like was not a lot going on, and I visited New York for the Goggins Challenge with Chris Chavez. Oh my gosh, yeah, um, I remember I remember watching that and Zach Clark from The Bachelor. <laughs> um, and I I actually did not know Chris at the time. Like I literally went to the, they had uh, he had asked Molly and me to do it. And Molly was like, no, I can't. I'm literally training for the Olympics, Um, but Izzy will do it. And so I went um, and did this challenge. Essentially, we ran like 48 miles in 48 hours. And I had only really been to New York like twice before, hadn't really seen it. But I just had like the best time during this grueling running experience Um, and really only saw like the West Side Highway, but like really just like loved the energy and the city was so much more lively and open I was like maybe I should move to New York um so then I like really started looking at jobs um I was just feeling kind of stuck in Boston so started looking at jobs I ended up getting a job like right before I had to tell my landlord if I was going to re-sign my lease um so then did not re-sign my lease and moved here and that's how we got here <laughs> yeah
2: were you in Boston for like a year
3: I was there for two years. Okay. Um. So I moved there because my sister was living there and I had no idea what I was doing with my life. Ended up getting a job at Tracksmith, worked there for two years and then made the jump. So
2: nice. There's one. Well, I feel like Boston for some reason does not intrigue me. Like it just. I visited. I was there Which, for like 10 days. I
3: will say it did not intrigue me either. I moved there against my will. I actually did not want to move there. And but Molly was like kind of in a funk. Um, she wasn't running super well at the time. She had a deadbeat boyfriend, sorry. <laughs> and oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> calling her out. And I was like, okay, like she like I could I actually couldn't get a job out of college. Um I went to Northwestern and then I went to business school and I could not get a job out of college. Um, so I guess where you go to school does not matter. And Molly was like, "You don't have anything else like going. Like, might as well just move uh, to Boston. You're a loser, so with- just come. Yeah, you me. suck. Actually, <laughs> loser. So I moved there without a job. Um, and then like worked my way. I started in retail at Tracksmith. That's like the at the time that was like the only way to get a full time job there. So, um, I just like worked my ass off for like the first few months that I lived there. We moved to." Fenway so Molly and I lived together um and then I got a full-time job in December um on in marketing at Tracksmith and then uh the world shut down like two months later so it was super fun (laughs) love
2: that so then were you and Molly living together through COVID
3: yes so Mm -hmm. we we uh so Olympic trials happened um in February, we were living together at the time in Fenway. And so then like world shut down. That was like a crazy experience. Um, And Molly kind of would go back and forth between Flagstaff um, cause it was just like the ideal place for her to train. Unfortunately, Boston is not at altitude. And so she would kind of go back and forth that first year. We definitely were like mostly there. Um, but then we moved to Cambridge, um, one year in, and then essentially Molly subsidized me living in a two bedroom by myself, mm-hmm. uh, because she just kind of like picked up and went to Flagstaff Um, and I do think a big reason I decided to move was like Molly bought a house in Flagstaff um, in the spring of last year and it really hit me I was like wow Molly is not coming back
2: yeah (laughs) and
3: uh, that was sad because we were like a dynamic duo I feel like in Boston and um, as much as she like drove me insane living with her she was also the perfect person to live with and um, it was just yeah it was like sad realizing like people were kind of leaving and so then I left too yeah <laughs> but I love Boston it's a great place yeah I learned to love it very early on
2: yeah I feel well I feel like you have to when you're
3: yeah living there, I was so. like oh well I guess we're stuck here yeah. but it although it doesn't seem like the most intriguing place to go I would I would go I think it's better to live there actually than like visit um it's a very livable city so okay because I had been yeah. there before and I was like eh. But living there was great. So
2: yeah, I was there for like ten days in January, January of 2019, and it was like the days I was in staying in Cambridge in like a little bed and breakfast, and it was blizzarding like a lot. Like it was like yeah, probably yeah. And I was like oh, (laughs) and I feel like it's just a very historic town, you know. Like and I'm just maybe I'm just ignorant. I don't know. I don't really know anything. (laughs) um so I was like I don't really know if this is my vibe but it's a beautiful city yeah. I mean I don't have anything against it but
3: it's I do love that it's very historic I it's very just like pretty and then you go to New York City and there's trash everywhere I remember when yeah I, that's cold, why I, <laughs> I saw all the trash
2: and I was like this is where I belong with the, <laughs> where with the I, scum on the ground <laughs> and the rats
3: <laughs> yes yeah I would say like Boston definitely is prettier like 100% prettier yeah. but New York is like pretty on the inside so Mm -hmm. you know
2: (laughs) yeah I get it I get it Great. have you and uh Molly always been super close because I'm very interested I mean I have a lot of sisters Mm -hmm. that also like ran close in age you know so have you guys always been you know
3: yeah the dynamic duo (laughs) yes we I think we always have been a good dynamic duo it's funny because we also have a brother I have a twin um oh. and a lot of people don't know about him. He doesn't not run. Um, it's like the story, say- but
2: that's like my brother too. I post him on yeah. my Instagram once. <laughs> Wait, you have a brother? Yeah, once or <laughs> once or twice a year he comes up on my Instagram, and then everyone's like, I Are "You have a brother? brother?" I'm like,
3: "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> Yeah, he Fritz is the most underrated title. And it's honestly kind of like I love that he like doesn't run because he just like owns it. Um people are like, do you run? He's like, nope. Yeah. Um he'll go for like a three-mile run and is like, I'm good. That's like um, the same but with my brother. I would I would say so not only are Molly and I super close, but I would just say like overall, I'm very close with my siblings. We all got along. Um, from day one, uh, I would say Fritz and I definitely like butt heads a bit more when we were younger, but for the most part, like we're all very close and the running thing definitely, I think like brings Molly and me even closer, um, because we just spent so much time in high school, um, like running together. And then, um, even like when she went off to college, I think that the, like that we we both share that like psychotic Running, uh, that need to run, it it really brings us together. And now when we are together, like we obviously always run together, living together made us much closer. So, uh, we are we are truly best buds. <laughs> so, yeah, that's cute. I feel like that's
2: like an ideal sister relationship. Very. are so close in think- age. I feel like it can get competitive yes. and
3: stuff. Yeah. So I have a lot of people ask me, like, was it like really hard? Um, you know, like being her sister, and absolutely not because I I think people need to look at it like I would not be running if she if it was not for her. Um, she's older by two years, so um, I had been a field hockey player in high school, and that's actually what I I wanted to play field hockey in college. And everyone was like, "Molly's so good at running. Like, you're probably good too. And so that was really the only reason why I started running because like she was already doing it. Um, And I'm just like more of a competitive, Molly like truly just like loves the sport and I'm just like a competitive person. So I just liked winning. Not that I was winning everything, but I liked the the outlook of potentially winning. Um, So that's kind of where like my the running stuff came in um but she has like always been a huge inspiration and like it has been so fun being like along for the ride uh especially with what has happened over the past like I guess it's like three years now um like my life is so much more full and like I have so much to thank her for so it's never been competitive i I just have never felt competitive with her. She's, like, in a league completely ahead of me. So <laughs> I'm not even close at all. Yeah, maybe that's
2: almost better, though, because then it's, like... Exactly. It's, yeah. like, it's,
3: it's not even, like, it is a race. Like, there's no race, so... Yeah,
2: that I'm makes sense. I'm not part of this race. <laughs> yeah, but then you... I mean, you ended up running
3: in college, so... I... Which, one once again, inspired by Molly. I would, like, I... Um I looked at running in college as a way to like go to the school that I wanted to go to. Uh I definitely was not like I want to be in the number one program and um I actually almost went to Notre Dame which is where Molly went. Um but I ended up liking Northwestern more. Um but she I remember Molly went to Foot Locker, um, ended up winning it. And she like that day, like announced that she was going to Notre Dame and like got a scholarship. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. I want to do that. Um, so once again, like that was, that was when I was like, maybe I won't play field hockey in college. Maybe I'll run. And that's what I ended up doing. So, so did, were you already running
2: like cross country at this time and doing field hockey?
3: Yes, because Mm -hmm. we went to a school that had, I uh, so my graduating class had 23 kids in it, including my twin brother. Uh, and Molly's class, drumroll, had 13 kids in it. It's oh. shocking that we have social skills. Yeah, I was like, are you um, normal? Yeah, <laughs> which I would say I've become much more social since my high school times but we went to a really small school so they were like everybody do every sport that you can because we literally don't have enough people to like fill the teams um and our field hockey team was actually pretty good um but molly was like the only person on the track and cross country team they we didn't even have a team actually she like started it um she we we, she had to start running through our church because our school was like no one wants to run um and then she was like good and they were like okay fine like I guess we'll get a coach um and so they hired the coach that had been coaching her at our church um and then I like slowly started I would just do the races but I would not go to practice I would just go to field hockey practice and the races um but once I like I I quit field hockey my junior year, that's when I like definitely had a breakout season because I started training. So yeah, you weren't just
2: cross training with field hockey and then going to races.
3: (laughs) It's like, wow, it's crazy when you like actually train for these races what it can do. Yeah. Um, So then I transitioned just to running. So was
2: it sad to give up field
3: hockey, especially because you were thinking about doing that in college? It it honest it was like at the time, it was, like, one of the hardest decisions of my life. I'm sure. Uh, Because I would say, like, all of my friends were on the field hockey team. Like, field hockey is such a a important sport at our school. It's, like, a very niche sport, but that was, like, the for women, that was, like, the the sport to do. And I was, like, also a key player on the team. Um, And I don't want to uh to my own horn but yeah, I, I was like flex This before so it was like it was it sucked for them because they like were losing me and all of my friends were on the team and I was like no longer going to practice and my coaches actually like made me sit down the team and like get in front of them and tell them why I was quitting oh my god and it was so hard it that was would be horrible. like tears
2: immediately like tears yeah
3: there were tears um and I like I just remember when I ended up signing like doing my like official signing day um years later then when I was a senior like two years later um one of the coaches because she was also the Spanish teacher um she one of the field hockey coaches came up to me and she was like Izzy I always knew you made the right decision I was like did you you know that was a very horrible horrible situation I was put in um but I think I did make the right decision so
2: yeah I mean it seems like you did and okay we were talking before this and it, it, the world is so small and this will just put it into perspective so Izzy went on a recruiting trip to Wake Forest which is where my sister Ellie went and Ellie was Izzy's
3: host on yes. her
2: recruiting visit
3: we put We put this together uh, before we started recording, but I've always known, I feel like I've always known you through social media because I, I followed Ellie for like years, like a very long time and stayed with her, um. When I was a little senior in high school, um, loved Wake Forest. I just wasn't ready to move to the South, but it was a great place. And your sister was a great host, so maybe she remembers me. I don't know. I'm gonna have to uh, ask
2: her. I'm gonna ask her after this <laughs> podcast and be like, "Do you, you remember someone by the name redhead. of?" <laughs>
3: um, but yeah, that was that was a throwback. I would have to say so. Very small world. Yeah. The- the like
2: elite whatever you classify as elite running for, world is yeah, so small running. everyone knows everything everyone knows everyone um yes yeah we're the all connected is.
3: yes we are all connected we are you know, all connected are, like, two degrees from any runner honestly if if you are within the sport of like somewhat elite running you are you are connected to everyone so
2: yes I know you guys are really ingrained in this conversation with Izzy and I, but I have a brief little intermission here to talk about a product that I use literally every single day when I go work out, and that is the sponsor of today's episode, KOROS. I wear my KOROS PACE 2 every single time I go out for a run, bike, swim. I actually just did a triathlon, and I use their triathlon setting to record it all on the watch. I specifically have the blue steel colorway. My friend was also rocking the white colorway. Of the watch with the silicone bands and i will say we looked very stylish together better than everything else though the koros pace 2 gps watch is so easy to use so if you're someone that's looking to get into gps watches the pace 2 is the perfect option for you all you have to do is press two buttons and then you're off and running it has a built-in heart rate monitor it obviously tracks your distance it also tracks power like wattage So if any of you guys are like super data oriented, the watch literally tracks your power when you go for a run. So, and syncing from the watch to the Coros app and then Strava is automatic and it's instant. Super lightweight, you never even feel it on your wrist. Stylish. Also the battery life, phenomenal, 10 out of 10. I've never seen a watch that holds this much battery in my entire life. I can go on a full on trip, vacation, and not bring my charger and the watch will still be alive and working by the end it's also the perfect holiday gift and right now if you go to koros.com and use code cold you get a free accessory with a watch purchase which would make it a phenomenal little bundle gift for a friend or your one of your favorite fellas just add the accessory like a band a charger or a piece of apparel to the cart before you check out and you apply the code cold brew and then you get that accessory for free all the details are in the show notes but again coros.com and use code cold brew for that free accessory now let's get back into today's episode with izzy well how was your like college experience overall with running and it was
3: i would say running wise not it wasn't anything spectacular um i and it's funny because like i definitely tried very hard in college and I just wasn't like I'm just not what like Molly is I would say, and I'm like okay with that. Um, well, but Molly is an anomaly. Also, yeah. it's like you're comparing. <laughs> Molly's your just, like in a league of her own. Yeah, <laughs> but it was it was funny because I would say like I um, Northwestern's team they actually have gotten very good as of recently um, because it, so they ended up getting right when I graduated they got the coach. Um, From that was previously at Wisconsin, Um, but I, and I loved my coaches in college. They, like, I had a great experience, I would say, honestly, like, probably as good as it could have been, because I feel like I hear people have, like, horror stories, not to, like, scare anyone that's listening to this, but it, I'm, and I do think a lot of it had to do with the fact that I chose Northwestern, because that was a school I wanted to go to. It wasn't because it was, like, the the, the running program that I wanted to run for. Um, I took my, like, uh, uh, advice to anyone listening. Like if you're taking official visits, the things that were big for me was like, I really liked the school. I really liked the girls just like as people on the team. And like, I actually had a different coach, um, when I got recruited, but I liked the coach that they then brought in. It was my sophomore year. So it was just like, um, luckily I connected really well with a lot of the people there. And although I, I never like went to nationals, um, I definitely like got better as a runner and had a very positive experience and Northwestern has amazing resources for their athletes so I kind of felt like a superstar Um, and my I did I even did a fifth year there like I liked it so much Uh, and I accomplished nothing as a runner but I got a degree out of it so that was all I needed and they have this insane athletic facility Um, it's like a Hunger Games like dome that overlooks Lake Michigan and like the locker rooms are crazy. Um, and the resources there for the athletes were just like really, really amazing. So good experience overall. I would have to say Jeez. I wasn't good though. <laughs> I mean, I would say
2: results don't really matter in the long run, especially if you're not like trying to be a professional athlete, like, yeah. I feel like the experience matters more and then you walk away but feeling I, like yes. good and not um, mentally unwell.
3: Yes. And I will say I'm almost glad that I wasn't like really good in college because there was never the thought in my mind, like maybe I could go pro. Um, Like I was not even near that. And I think that there are a lot of like runners, men and women that if they're kind of on that cusp of like being good enough to potentially go pro, they're like, I guess I'll go pro. Yeah. Um, And I never like I'm somebody that could never be a pro runner. Like it would, I would go crazy. I would be an anxious ball of nerves all the time. And I'm, I think my problem in college was that I had a lot of performance anxiety. Like I just, I, I trained with our top girl, but I did not race with our top girl. So like we had a girl on the team that was running like a 1535K and I did all my workouts with her. I never ran a (laughs) 1535K. So unfortunately- (laughs) So I just like was not good at racing and like sometimes you just like realize that when you get to college. So, um, but I'm, I'm glad that like, I wasn't good. Cause then I never went pro. So
2: yeah, that's so funny. I'm a the, project creator. Yeah. Well, same. It's funny that you, you know? say that that you mentioned that like there's a weird, weird isn't the right word. There's a specific group of people that are just good enough to like, maybe go pro. <laughs> but it's not like they're not going to be getting, especially like a big money contract. It's like, maybe you'll get a stipend and some clothes. And yeah, I mean, I guess maybe I could have been in that category, maybe, but I don't, it was the same thing where I didn't really have- You
3: were like definitely kind of on that, like in that group. And I feel like you made the right choice to not go pro.
2: Yeah, it was never in my, uh, I don't know why, because I was like good in high school and stuff, but I never had the dream of going pro. And I felt weird being on the Oregon team because I feel like, most people did so it made me feel like yeah it made me feel like an anomaly where I was just like I don't know why I feel no desire to run professionally maybe because like I don't know it's the same thing like I don't know how well I would have done being a professional runner like having my entire life revolve around it I feel like I would go insane but then also it was like I wasn't good enough to get a bunch of money or anything so it's like I would have been struggling for many years so there is like a weird group of weird I keep saying weird A specific group of people. No, but it is weird. It
3: is. And I feel like you kind of need to be in it to like understand it. Yeah, it's really hard to explain. And
2: it's
3: it's crazy too, because like, honestly, my sister was kind of in that. It's like such a risk because my sister was in that position for like a few years because Mm -hmm. she was on top of the world uh, her senior year, um, having just won like cross country national. She was getting essentially going to get like insane offers from these companies. And then she got injured and just could not get healthy again. And her like earning potential dropped drastically. And she still was like, I'm going to do this. Like I know. And like Molly's one of those people that like, I just have a lot of faith in. She is like one of the toughest people I know. And I knew it was going to work out for her. It was just kind of a matter of like, when is this going to work out? And she, the injury thing was like tough because she kept getting injured. And when you're injured, like it's like you can't do your job. Um, And that's such a risk that you take where like Molly almost like left. When we were, when I first moved to Boston, she actually was looking at like day, like just like jobs that she could, like a nine to five job. Um, Cause she was like, I don't know if this is like gonna be it. And luckily she ended up qualifying for the Olympics, but it's like such a, uh, that's not like the typical uh trajectory. And I think it's like tough that I think a lot of athletes like have a hard time just realizing like just because you're good doesn't mean you have to go pro. Or like just because it's your like passion doesn't mean you need to make it your career. So but running is kind of a hard thing to give up. Like I still can't give it up. So yeah, I <laughs> think
2: <laughs> I would say 90% of my teammates still run. Like yeah competitively too um I just went to a wedding that's
3: really impressive yeah wow damn that's I because I like coming from a program where it was like at the time um nobody was like like we didn't really have many people going to nationals I have a lot of teammates that like really stepped back from the sport but they do it recreationally and honestly I'm like how can you do that like why can't I do that because I the one thing I have a hard time giving up is like I'm still very much like motivated to like I love the feeling of being in shape and being able to run fast and I like hate feeling out of shape which I'm very out of shape right now but um I'm like constantly just like trying to like I'm still trying to be a better runner I would say I'm I still have like goals as a runner and I just like can't give it up. Um, and I'm glad that I can, like, this is just more like my passion project than my job. Um, but I think, like, I kind of envy the people that are able to just, like, hang up the shoes and, like, oh. not look back.
2: <laughs> no, I definitely agree. And I have that of of like, after college, especially, where even my my younger sister, she, she committed um, to college to run. She ran for a year at SMU and then quit it altogether because she just didn't like it. Um but I envied her because she seemed like she had such an easy transition out of running and just into the normal world. And I still like kind of envy her. But for me, I feel like it was more um I was kind of forced to like become Mm -hmm. more of a recreational runner because I like had not gone through like the full puberty cycle and everything. So my like my hormones were so messed up when I left. Maybe not so messed up, but like I just needed to stop running because of my hormones. Yeah, you can kind of fuck
3: up your body. Sorry if I swear there. But no, you know, you're fine like running especially when you put like it you know what i love honestly is that like so many of my friends now in new york uh did not run in college and it's really cool like seeing their perspective on running because i am so jaded of like the whole just like the what like although i loved running in college and i loved the experience and i would not change it like it it really does something to you. And I would say like, don't do it if you're not totally like, if you were not gung ho on like running or doing a sport in college, don't do it. Um, because also, if it, you're
2: not like, if you don't feel like mentally stable, don't do it either.
3: Yes. Either. Yeah. Do not do it. Cause I like, I had plenty of teammates that quit during college or just like kind of checked out mentally um, because a lot of them actually, I will say I'm very glad that I did not start running until I was like older than a lot of people who like ran in college because I wasn't burnt out um and Molly was the same way like we we did very light training in high school compared to like what like we do now and I had I knew a lot of girls that like hammered in high school um and it's and I think a lot of girls are doing that now like power to them that like everyone is running insane times but I'm like I don't know if my body could sustain that like (laughs) that's a lot
2: no I (laughs) mean no but it's it is interesting and I think it's gonna be really interesting to follow like people's careers moving forward Mm -hmm. because training has changed so much than like when when you and I were in high school like people are training way harder than I
3: did Um, there are high schoolers that are training much harder than like I am training. There, are, there are high schoolers that are training like pros. Honestly, no, that's uh, what I mean. Like it's just so different. But it I is going to be it. interesting to see how that affects yeah. people mentally and
2: physically. Because, yeah. mentally, like if you're training that hard already and you're not, you know, like my teammates and I would stop and get ice cream from McDonald's on our runs. <laughs> yeah. Like, where's that time period in someone's life now? Where is that? You know? Where's the Why fun this part
3: happening anymore? Like it's fun to run so fast, have, like, but quite a key to the training. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, so- everyone's too serious these days. Just chill a little bit, you know? I'm honestly, I'll just say I'm glad that I was in high school, like, t- what was that, like, 10 years ago? They're literally versus, same. I say that all the uh, time. Yeah, literally 10 years ago uh, versus, like, today or, like, that I already had my college experience. I just don't think, like, I would be able which who knows like if uh, my body just like is in a world of hurt all the time now but I like don't know if I could handle like what these girls are doing these days it's like kind of crazy so I don't know man I don't think I would have been able to handle it mentally like I was no yeah no yeah so do it if you love it if you don't love it don't do it yeah (laughs) that's my that is my advice (laughs) yeah that is good advice
4: book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: Well, how are you doing now, like, mentally with everything? Okay, so you're injured, I saw. Yes, you're injured.
3: I will say now I I've had such a uh weird trage- like up and down trajectory since graduating college. I when I graduated, I was like, I'm gonna take time off. I took like two months off and then was like, never mind. Um, and when I moved to Boston, Boston is a huge running city. Um, and working for Tracksmith. Like all of my coworkers were runners. All of my friends were runners. Um, everyone was like a former collegiate runner and running was just like the culture there. So I, and then COVID hit and I had so much time on my hands and I was living with Molly who runs like 120 to 30 miles a week. So I was like, that's normal. Um, And I- (laughs) That's that's normal behavior. It's not normal, guys. Let me just say it is not normal. Um, But I like doubled down on the training and I was running like insane mileage. I was doing very hard workouts. I was in like the best shape of my life. Um, I was running way faster than I had ever run in college Um, and was honestly just like physically like, Like felt great. And I look back at it. I'm like, how did I sustain that? And like, I just didn't get injured. Um, I wasn't doing like any strength work. I was running like 80 miles a week um, with like two hard workouts a week. And it was crazy looking back on it. I'm like, I don't know how I did that. But then it all came crashing down and I got injured. Mm -hmm. Um, And that honestly was kind of like an impetus to like move because I was in, I was down in the trenches. I was just like so sad because my whole social life revolved around running in Boston. Um, And when you can't run, you can't be social. I like, I guess maybe you could, but like for me, it was very hard. Um, And since that injury in the winter of 2021, I have just been chronically injured ever since. Um, and I recently found out that I have Lyme disease, which I think I got, uh, about a year ago. So that is a little bit of an explanation, but this past year has been like the hardest comeback to running of my life. Um, I, my body just like cannot sustain what I so easily could have done. Like back when I was living in Boston, um, my joints just are always in pain. Um, I feel like an old woman, uh, but my knees are really bad, unfortunately. Um, and I'm just trying to like get through this period where I don't really know what to do. Um, but we're just taking it a day at a time. (laughs) So that's all you can do. uh, Recommendations on the Lyme disease, let me know. Yeah, I was gonna it ask, sucks, how do you though. how does how do you treat that? It's uh, I guess not funny, but like ironic. My dad also has Lyme disease. Um, and he so I kind of have like a little bit of a roadmap. Um, but you so I just took a month of antibiotics, which is a very long time to take oh antibiotics. Oh my gosh, you're starting to Um, but I will say the antibiotics antibiotics did cure a lot of my stomach problems because I think it literally killed everything in my stomach. I had like a lot of stomach problems the past year. Um, but I took antibiotics. It's that's supposed to make you feel better. There was like one week where I was like, Ooh, I definitely do feel better. Um, and then it just kind of tanked again. So, um, but like my symptoms are mostly just like really bad fatigue. Um, really bad brain fog um, and then joint pain. So I essentially have arthritis in my knees as a 26 year old. Um, And there's no way to get rid of it that I'm experiencing. So, uh, but my dad, like he also coincidentally has the same exact knee pain in the same knee, like same spot. So I don't know if it's like the Lyme like attacks our bodies in the same way, but he has like a lot of voodoo supplements that he takes that apparently helped. Um, and he actually got rid of Lyme and then he got bit by a tick again and got it again. That's how you get Lyme. You get bit by a tick. Yeah. So he is bad luck. Um, But that's, I'm just trying to, you know, navigate this interesting period of life. So what <laughs> like- I will say, or- pretty much it's just like, now that I know that I have it, I'm like, oh, like I can chill a little bit. Cause it's like, it's not like, I'm just like lazy. I'm like, something's wrong. But there was a long period where I was like, am I just like slow now? I don't know. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> do I just suck or what? I'm bad at running now? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So, yes. it's. Tough. I mean, that is nice to like, know that what's going on, yeah. but like,
2: how do you know that you get rid of it?
3: That's the thing that I don't know how, like you can, cont- you can continue to get like your, um your blood tested. That's how I found out it was like through a blood test. Um, But it kind of can like linger in your body. Uh, It's just like tough to get rid of. It's crazy that we don't have like a vaccine for this because uh your pet can get vaccinated for Lyme disease, but you can't. So yeah, crazy. And I know so many people that have it. Well, that's what um, I mean. Like so- on the East coast, I feel like every other person has Lyme disease very very common and a lot of people I'm from Wisconsin and so many people around where I live have it or have had it um so it's just like it sucks but we're this is just all part of part of my crazy life you know you know it's a
4: (laughs) are just adding a little
3: spice to your story you know great content angle (laughs) no it's not (laughs) it sucks new content relatability angle yeah I never know relatable um I'm constantly in pain so that's that is where we're at unfortunately but hoping like I'm really just hoping that like somehow I get rid of it and then just have like a huge fitness boost I don't think that's gonna happen but cross our fingers so you never know never say never You never know. Maybe I'll go to the Olympics too. Probably not though.
2: (laughs) Never say never, you know? Maybe I will too. I'll see you there. (laughs) Yeah, we will be there. I will see you in the Olympic Village. (laughs) So how did you
3: get into like making content stuff? Like I'll, I'll preface that I am someone that has always been like very design driven. Um, I like before doing this like content full-time I worked in marketing. Um, and I also was a photo shoot producer. So I just like, have a very good eye for content. Um, and so like when I was a producer, that was like, nothing was done on an iPhone really. It was all like, like hiring photographers doing like, like organizing and executing photo shoots. But I just had always had like an eye for it and then obviously my sister grew like a very large following very quickly and I think a lot of people and you probably get this like a lot of people think it's so easy to grow a following and it is not uh it really is not and I think a lot of people think that like every follower I've gained is from my sister which I do think in the beginning 100% it helped but I also like Notice, like I acknowledged that there was an opportunity and I took that opportunity I would say um so when like obviously Molly and I were living together it was so easy to like we were this kind of like dynamic duo so much my life was running I was working at like a cult following company um and I just like kind of would chronicle my life and notice that like a lot of people started following me for that um and then I actually had like an identity crisis when I quit my job at Tracksmith. Cause I was like, what, what do I do now? Like my whole life is like being an employee at Tracksmith. Um, but I kind of just, I uh, chugged along with like doing content and I then did my first like paid, um, content with Outdoor Voices. And that was like kind of a, uh, like an unlock for me, I would say, because it was the first time that I realized like, oh, this is like this is like a job um and it was definitely just something that was like fun for me and like supplemental at the time um but i noticed that like i kind of had a niche which was like running but also like fashionable running um and like somewhat relatable like i'm not somebody that is like winning like world championships um i'm just like a normal person and also kind of gave a glimpse into my sister's life um but essentially I just like kind of just really worked at it for a long time. And like, I still don't even have that large of a following, but my, like what my job is, which I think a lot of people don't understand is that like my, my value is that I can create content for companies. Um, and like, I create my own content as well, but I'm just like a marketer at heart. And like, I know what looks good. I know how to make, content and so like that's essentially what I leaned into um and New York is a great place to like be a content creator I would say I never would have thought like if I lived in Boston never but New York is like a place to do it um that's not why I moved to New York but it ended up like being an opportunity And I actually thought I was going to do it maybe, like, I I wanted to give it a try for, like, a month and just see, like, okay, what can I do in, like, one month? And, like, if it doesn't work out, I'll just, like, go back to, like, a corporate job. And now I am, like, six months in. So um, that's kind of how we, that was a very long-winded answer. But that's how I got into content. A lot of people ask me how I get into it. And I'm like, that's kind of it. But I, one, sorry, one, one thing I will say is don't try to be a content creator right off the bat. Like I found so much value in working for companies and learning as much as I could, and then taking those skills and putting it into being like a content creator. Cause I think a lot of people underestimate what goes into it. And you like 100% know, I have a lot of respect for like how you manage it all because like Instagram is already so much for me. And you have like, Instagram and YouTube and TikTok and your own company I'm just like how oh I go insane every day
2: you know my brain is like oh my brain is scattered in 45 different directions it's hard to explain to people but like yeah my brain is so scattered that's why my cortisol levels are super high because I feel like I just <laughs> never high, I am resting you know yeah yeah I don't know how
1: you do it. yeah but I it's okay exhausting.
2: yeah I mean yeah it's interesting though, you made a couple of good points where like, I don't think people should start off, especially like when it comes to making money, like, I don't think you should go into like mm-hmm. any sort of content creation no. to make money. Cause you're yeah. going to hate your life. Um, and then That's- also like having skills working at other jobs, like in terms of like marketing and stuff, I feel like has been helpful for me too. Cause like before I, like when I started my YouTube channel, I was also like interning at Nutso, which is a nut butter company. Like, so yeah. I did like oh my social media internships. I worked for RunGum when I started my YouTube channel, like, and then I did a couple of freelance things, um, like after I graduated and stuff. So it was really insightful, honestly, to like get different perspectives before doing it full time. Um, so yeah, I like that point that you made. And then also it is, it's interesting, the difference between someone who is an influencer and a content creator. And I think a lot of people like don't know the difference. And I honestly use them interchangeably, which, because I think I just hate, saying the word influencer though i definitely am an influencer (laughs) like i am not i am like part whatever content creator if someone uses my content whatever but like i don't i don't get paid specifically to make content for like brand usage you know i get Mm -hmm. i get paid to post on my accounts
3: and it sounds like
2: your main source of income is to make actual content for brands so that they can use it on their accounts
3: yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. I love that you do make the distinction between content creator and influencer because like, realistically, like, sure, I can joke like, yeah, I'm an influencer. I think anybody on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube is can be by definition an influencer. There are plenty of people that have influenced me to probably buy something, regardless of their following. But what I like specialized and what I realized I was good at um, was that I could like make content that companies use and so a lot of times like when I do brand deals like when I did I did something with Nike in the summer and a lot of that was uh posting on my own channels but I worked with them a few times and it turned into me actually like um I will make Like essentially it's what we call like assets for them to use for marketing purposes. So I was like getting served with ads on Instagram that like I had made, um, which was like kind of funny. And uh, everyone was sending them to me. Um, But it's like, that was like, they use that content or like that marketing collateral um, to then use however they would like. And so that's like when I first work with Outdoor Voices, it was like, I didn't have to post on my channels. Um, I did because I, like, wanted to and I was proud of the content. But, like, the main, uh, like, job was to create content for them to use for a product launch. And I think that's what people don't understand of, like, that is what a content creator does. And you really don't have to have that many followers to be a content creator. And I think I was lucky because I also, like having worked at Tracksmith, um, and then the next company I worked at was called 10,000. They're a men'swear brand. and I worked with a lot, especially at 10,000. I worked with a lot of influencers. Um, and so I was able to like learn a lot from them. I learned how influencer marketing works from the other side. And I also, I would say one of the most like Tracksmith was a really valuable company to work at in terms of learning about like aesthetic and a niche. Um, because it is the most niche company ever and you, <laughs> I but it's so niche <laughs> and either you love it or you hate it and there really isn't a lot of in between and I think people need to realize too that like a big part of being a content creator is having like a very specific niche and mine is running and fashion I would say and like being somewhat relatable um, and when I went freelance full-time, a big thing was um, I actually, it was funny. I went for a run with Dana Giordano and she's like a very good friend of mine from Boston. And she also is, she's a podcaster and also does content herself. And one big angle of my content before I went full-time was that I was Molly's sister. And Dana was like, like, Izzy, you, you gotta like be your own person. Like you're not Molly's sister. And I think that that was like a really important thing that I like changed that I made um to like become my own like self as a content creator Uh, because now I do sometimes like in like niche environments I will get recognized um which is like a weird uh a very weird feeling and I actually get most recognized for my meme account that I created (laughs) and which was like very just like that was that account was like really had was a joke and it is now like what resonates with people the most it because i realized like people loved it so i was like we're going to lean into this and I actually am able to monetize that account as well, which is like crazy. Um, So we love that. (laughs) It's looking at the opportunity and jumping at it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy how much like things adapt over time. I mean, even like you just said, like where you had to kind of rebrand away from being Molly's sister and being your own person. And then, yeah, yeah, capitalizing on your meme account, like it's just so odd, the ins and outs of working on social media I feel like this is probably yeah, really insightful to a lot of people because a lot of people don't know the behind the scenes of things or like a mm-hmm. uh, different opportunities or whatever um you know I've given yeah. my experience on it but it's interesting hearing other people's you know path and yeah. career path and like, I through think social media so
3: many people think it's so easy and honestly and I'm not trying to be like it's so hard um but I definitely didn't think it was going to be as hard as it is like as I'm experiencing and honestly I don't I don't think like, I don't plan on being a content creator forever. I will say like 100%. It is, it's very hard for me socially because I am someone that loves connecting with people and I love having coworkers and I don't have that right now. Um, And it's like, it, it's, I miss like the camaraderie of like being in an office sometimes, or like, I loved, I love having a boss tell me what to do. I hate being my own boss. Like when people are like, I want to be my own boss. I'm like, no, you don't like try being your own boss for one day. It sucks. No, I was
2: telling, I was talking when I was talking to Lydia the other day, I was like, um, we, we talked about it on the podcast where I was like, it's nice, you know, every once in a while. And again, I love my job, whatever. I've obviously (laughs) been doing it for a long time, but I'm like, I think, yeah, people don't really understand um the freedom yes. like is super nice but then it's also like suffocating because I was like yeah you know for a week if you wake up and you don't have anyone telling you what to do I'm sure it feels nice but then I was like try that for <laughs> four years where yeah. you wake up every day and you're like what do I do today what do I do <laughs> yeah and no one is telling you what to do it becomes yeah. like yeah it kind of drives you insane where you're like I wish I just had someone to tell me what I'm doing is like or like what to do or I talk about this with yeah. some of my friends sometimes where I'm like I truly wish I just had someone telling me that what I was doing was right or wrong. Cause like yeah, I never have that guidance. Yeah, I don't have any feedback other than like people like my fans or whatever, or like analytics. But I'm like
3: it's not the same as like it's very hard to know. Yeah. Cause and I do think also like a lot of times when I do like deliver content to companies I'll, like I kind of appreciate the ones that are like actually can you change this because I there's so many times where they're like cool amazing like love it and I'm like but like, yeah, what, like are you, you sure <laughs> like <laughs> like I could be better probably but it I miss like having like I think constructive constructive criticism is very valuable and you really don't get that other than like the trolls on like social media and it's, that's hard. Like I, I really do like, I'm someone that follows direction very well. Um, I think one of my greatest strengths is actually executing other people's visions. And I can't really do that. Like when I'm just doing my own social media, but that's why I was like good as a producer, because I worked with like Went both at Tracksmith and then at 10,000, I just worked very closely with the creative directors and essentially my job was to like make their vision to come to life and I'm very good at that and now it's like well I guess it has to be my vision and like I don't always like what my vision. is my vision <laughs> what's the vision yeah so it kind of sucks or I'm like I can't execute like I, I'm seeing it like this but I can't make it like this so it's it's tough guys being think. Think a little bit before you decide to like double down on being a content creator, but it's a tough life out here.
2: <laughs> yeah. It makes me sound like I'm like complaining about like the first world.
3: <laughs> there's so many pros and there's
2: a few cons. All right. So yeah.
3: Yeah. It's just hard. To but I will explain. say it's like, it's really interesting like talking with my sister about it because like, she is somebody that also like technically is a content creator. Like she works with a lot of brands. Um, But her like her, her aesthetic is so different and like brands aren't re- aren't working with her to make pretty content like they're working no. with her to like with her personality and like her following and for me it's like brands are working with me because like I make pretty content like yeah because they it. want the ads so.
2: that'll catch people's <laughs> that eyes it. yeah
3: so there are different types of content creators out there so like Really just know like who your audience is, like what your value proposition is and like lean into that. (laughs) So that's the advice to all the listeners out there.
2: Yeah. Do you have any like goals for what you want to do with
3: it? Um, I actually like, it's funny because with my, the meme account, uh, that is actually like where I see the most potential. The meme account is called Sad Girl Track Club for people that don't know and that is what I get recognized most for now and that is what I get the most positive feedback about people being like wow I love this and that like because I realize that like so many people really it like resonates with a lot of people so many people want merch like an overwhelming so many people like, like, like in the question box, box talking about merch yes yeah, so many people want merch and so I'm making merch and I'm this like sad girl track club is something that i'm genuinely really excited about um and like i love doing like today i just spent like 30 minutes making memes um on my phone because that's part of my job now i guess it's a hard life Um, out here (laughs) hard life i'm like what would be funny and self-deprecating with a raccoon meme also people are listening to this and have never seen the account it's raccoon memes um that poke at running humor it's not even that I'm like obsessed with raccoons it's just raccoon memes and so I just like and I made this I think this is a great example of like of how like really leaning into like when you see opportunities like go where the opportunity is because I made this account as a joke like truly a joke um and just people really liked it and they they want more and they want to like buy into this brand and so i'm like hey if people want to buy into it sure i will sell it to them like so i i want like so many people want like shirts or sweaters and stuff so hopefully i'll be able to do that i want to turn it into something more um i don't know completely what that will be what that will look like but um if the people are asking for it i'm going to give it to them so and like i actually now am working it's exciting because i'm working with some companies on content with that account which i never thought would be like a possibility like my mom does not understand it she's like i don't get it like i don't get the raccoons i'm like I and have like, to moms. This, this account could potentially pay my rent so <laughs> and i love that it's like really genuine it's just like nothing about like I love that that account has nothing to do with my appearance. Yeah. Like another thing people, and I don't know if you experience this, but like, m- I, th- like, I don't think being a con, like an influencer slash content creator is the best for your mental health in terms of like looking at yourself all the time.
2: Looking at myself
3: and hearing myself talk every day. I night. hate it. Yeah. And just, yeah, like, just like, I, I literally hate this. And I love that this account has nothing to do with how I look and it it really lets me like show my personality um with my redeeming personality um and I like I just get I'm I'm way more excited about that account than I am about like my personal account so that's what um I'm hoping to potentially turn that into something and I will say I actually am potentially uh I'm I'm not like jumping like I'm not I'm going to wait for the right opportunity, but I actually do think I'm going to go back to like a corporate job because I miss it a lot. And this is um, advice to people out there that like being a content creator is not always like, I think to some people it is the best job in the world, but to me, I realize it is not. And because I don't think, um, I don't, I think a lot of people
2: like understand what truly goes into it, especially long-term. Like if you're playing, if someone does this for like 10 years, it's just, it's crazy what the yeah. job ends up like becoming i don't know yes
3: yeah. and i think that's the goal is a lot of like influencers or content creators like they usually get like a following and then they turn that into it's like i love that like i have this like very large group of people that are like depending on this content that i'm like putting out and they and it's like changing maybe it's changing the medium of like what that content is Um, but, like, still entertaining those people, and I, like, I want to continue doing that, but I don't see it being Instagram forever, and it's also, like, now with social media, like, all these platforms are constantly changing, and, like, it's really hard to balance all the platforms, that's why I'm, like, so impressed that you're able to do that, because, like, I, TikTok, I, I can't, I tried it, and I was, like, this is not for me, like, no, no, Um, (laughs) and I, I can do one platform, that is it, and I thought I, like, I'm just like, but then it's like, people are like, you're not on TikTok. Like you're missing out on opportunity. I'm like, I know I am, but like my mental sanity could not do that. And it's just not my thing. Um, I'm just better at Instagram and the, the aesthetic of Instagram is more my style and I'm going to keep it that way. So, but I, I will say like over these past six months of like being freelance, I use it as a huge, period to just like learn as much as I could. Um, And that meant like posting a lot, making a lot of content. And like, maybe some people are like, wow, that's so annoying. She posts so much, but it's like, yeah, because it's an experiment. I'm like trying to figure things out. Like that's, I think like people need to look at content from like the the marketing and business side of it and look at it less than just like face value. So there's so much that goes behind it all (laughs) and I'm trying to hack it and I can't hack it. So, but raccoon memes, maybe. Maybe you can hack (laughs) that. No, I don't know. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I mean, the people want. Yeah. I love people that like go off the beaten path. You know, I love people that like just try (laughs) something different. Like, even though you say that you're not going to do it forever, it's just cool that you're even taking the risk to do it for however long you end up doing it for. I find that really cool because I'm the same type of person where it's like, I'm taking risks all the time. Um.
3: I think it's like, it's, it's cool because like, I love that I do get to like, influence people in a positive way hopefully and it's awesome that like I mean as somebody that has consumed a lot of your content like I love it I think do you know that your one of your TikToks inspired me to book an impulse trip to Eugene for world championships Fun fact it was your TikTok I was like Emma did it so I'm gonna do it yeah my oh my FOMO like, (laughs)
2: influenced you to book a trip as well love that I'm
3: the queen of FOMO also and it's like it's stuff like that where it's like I think some like it it was kind of an interesting like full circle moment this past weekend um with the new york marathon because this is a very niche environment where all of the runner nerds are gathered in the city for one weekend um but one year ago i would say like not a lot of people knew who i was other than like baby molly's sister and this year um i i I went to, so I went to like Allie Fellers. Um, she went to, she had like a live podcast that she did on Friday night. And I um, like, obviously there are a lot of like running fans there and the panel was like other content creators. Um, but as like, after the show, I got approached by so many women being like, Oh my God, I love your content. And like, that never would have happened to me one year ago. Um, and it's cool to get, that type of feedback of being like oh like what I'm doing isn't completely stupid like some people like it um and like I love that I can help people or like entertain people in some way essentially like we're entertainers um and it's just like a it's a it's a very, very like weird feeling and like sometimes it's very weird to get recognized but it also I do look at it like oh this is like from their perspective like it's like cool for them to like be able to like see these people that like inspire them on social media so
2: yeah I mean so if that, I
3: saw you in person I'd be like oh my god it's Emma Abramson
2: okay see but then it, it's so yeah like you said it's a weird feeling but then it's also yeah. because I'm in my own little world every day you know I'm on I see yeah I see I have however many followers or that many people like watch my story whatever like my photos but it's just like a number but then when someone comes yeah. up to you in person they're like oh my gosh I love your stuff it's such a different experience and it makes me feel like yeah. fulfilled almost because I feel like yes. I don't get that day-to-day interaction of people that I'm I don't know that people that follow me yeah. so it's like cool to actually see it in person
3: um like 100% yeah and it's it's interesting because I like obviously would see it a lot when my sister first like really had her like like a, she essentially became like an overnight sensation and it was nice because then not that like a pandemic was nice but it was like uh nobody like she kind of got to live in peace because it was like we were all quarantined and then once the world started to open up again um it was like insane the amount of people that would like inundate her trying to like say or like we would be going for a run along like the charles river and like so many people would either like yell or like it it, like A lot, I feel like she gets like weird interactions. Um, but usually what (laughs) I like a lot of weird ones, honestly. More well, because she just casts a wider net, you know?
2: It's like
3: you and I are and like she speaks to like all runners. I feel like every every runner, like but I one of my favorite things to do is like if I am on Instagram and I see like anyone that has any relation to running I love to go into like who they're following (laughs) and they're always following always following Molly um and but I feel like when I have people say stuff to me it's more like it's way more niche because it's like people that are following me for a very specific reason like people it's it's I would say it's actually it's more female, but like, I've got like a 60, 40%, like female to male ratio. Um, So not bad. And it's like, it's cool because those people just like, they, they understand you maybe like a little bit more, I guess, because they're like, they feel like they know you. Not that that like, sometimes that can be a little creepy, but like they have, they have more shared interests, I feel like. And one thing that I do love, especially in New York, I've had even like girls at the gym I had recently I had a girl turn out and she like kind of waved me and she was like hi like are you Izzy like I love your content and she was like I have friends and they're like running redhead sisters and they love you too I was like what (laughs) um and I always like whenever somebody says hi I always ask them like what is your name like what and I try to have a conversation with them because I would much rather them like have the laugh like have an experience of like talking to me than like like, I've had people ask for pictures, and it's, like, I would much rather you just have a conversation with me, because, like, I would, like, I think having conversation with the person is, like, more valuable than, like, a picture that's going to be in your camera roll somewhere, um, so, I don't know, that was long-winded, but that's, no, I mean, I, like, you
2: make very good points, and I agree, like, wholeheartedly, especially with the conversation thing, like, I, like, and I just like to connect with people, too, so, yeah, it's nice to, like, like,
3: I want to know, like, wait, like, what, how did you find me? And, yeah, exactly. I'm like, and I would say, a, like, a lot of people now, the majority say, like, have found me through my meme account. And they are like, I love the memes. Or like, oh my God, like, the raccoons. Um, And honestly, I get the most enjoyment when people say that that's how they found me. <laughs> so. Yeah, of
2: course. I mean, especially if that's, like, what you're most passionate about, I feel like it's, that makes sense.
3: Yes. Or, like, I met someone um that works at Strava this past weekend, and- I, um, had said, like, I was, it was at an on event and, um, one of my friends was like saying like, oh, this is like Molly's sister. And I had, it had come up that I was like, yeah, I like run this meme account called sad girl track club. And she was like, oh my God, you run sad girl track club. <laughs> so it was like, wow, this is cool. And I love that. Like my face is not attached to that. It's just, it's like, exactly See, that, no one like,
2: even knows who runs it. There you go. go yeah.
3: <laughs> so that is that we love Amazing. it.
2: Amazing, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really yeah, cool. Incredible. It's really cool to talk to someone else in the space too, because I feel like I don't interact we with get that many people.
3: Each other,
2: yeah, yeah, we get each other. It's I feel same like with Lydia. We, like,
3: we have similar experiences, probably, where it's like, and I one thing I wish was that I could connect like more with other content creators, because I actually really don't have a lot of friends that are. Content oh, me neither creators. at all, and. <laughs> It's, like, you look at all these influencers who are, like, all hanging out, like, doing stuff together, and I'm, like, where are, like, those girls for me? Like, I I don't really have a lot of, like, New York has an okay amount of, I mean, there are a ton of, like, fashion people, but not a ton of, like, running uh, not a lot of people in my niche. I feel like we're all spread across yeah. the country and we need like a meetup or something, a big collab. Yeah. Um, Cause I want to meet these people. And I feel like we all probably like, we definitely all have like the same sentiments about like how like weird this career path is. um, And like the things that we experience on a day to day. And like, I feel like we just get each other.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I feel like, oh. I don't, New York is a hub. I feel like I'll be there at some yeah. point. We'll
3: run in, in, into each you other. You gotta some come. You yeah. gotta come, and like we can all hang out with all of our mutual friends, and it'll be a time. Yeah, there I'm you go. shocked that like I feel like we have there have been a lot of times where you're here and I am either gone or just like have not run into you, so it needs to happen at some point. Yeah, and like, now when I've been, been back, on, back. Ew. But- when do you come? Do you ever come to New York? That do you come back at all? <laughs> well, I was there in like March, and then it was also there in June. You I don't know, have June,
2: but like June was like I a quick gone. business trip. Like I was yeah. the only person I saw was Cole Hester, if you know him.
3: Oh, I do know Cole. See, yeah, that was the only the person I saw. The entire was one of the first people I met in New York, actually. So we do we know him. Yeah, mutual friends, too many um but there's so many people that miss you on the brooklyn track club so i'll have um, to pull
2: back up again maybe when the weather gets a little better though because now it's getting all
3: gross (laughs) No, so if you're in new york you have to come visit i'm trying to get molly out here as well um and that would that will be a time so or you know what i'm doing i'm going to flagstaff soon so you could go to Flagstaff. Dude, the amount
2: of people that have told me to pull up to flagstaff i'm like geez, like flagstaff. i gonna like come to my apartment kidnap me and drag me away to flagstaff because of how many people have said pull up pull up pull up pull up <laughs> i'm like what am I going to do in Flagstaff? You guys are all professionals. What am I going to do? I'm literally, don't train right now, really.
3: Flagstaff is a weird place because it's just like everyone there is like impressive at running. And I remember once I was in a long run and I was like, that guy looks so familiar. And Molly was like, yeah, that's Mo Farah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's what I mean. Duh. It's
2: like, I pull up yeah. and I, what, I feel bad about myself because I'm so washed. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. And everyone's like what are you doing here? We'll
3: be in the back. We'll be like bringing up the caboose. <laughs> yeah. I'll,
2: I'll bring up I'll be bringing up the rear, um dropping myself <laughs> immediately from any run I go on yeah well, maybe so you know maybe place. I'd pull up
3: the flag I don't know um <laughs> I don't know I will be there so it is an open invitation okay. like Molly I've invited people to your house I'm sorry well, she already invited me when she when I yeah. when she on
2: the podcast so I know I
3: listened to that podcast I was like I want to go to flag we could just have a party out there yeah. there's there's a lot of there's a lot of cool people out there so I'm going for Thanksgiving probably and uh it's gonna be time So. Get ready for all the content, people. There's gonna be a lot of content. Honestly, <laughs> I was like, this would be a great content angle. <laughs> hmm. You're like, write this off on oh, my yeah, taxes. But I also love the content, <laughs> so well,
2: that'll be <laughs> fun. I can't wait to consume <laughs> that content. Good. Yeah. Um,
3: get get ready.
2: Okay, I don't want to like take too much of your time, but there were no, some listener good. questions we can cover. We already covered some of oh, them, but perfect. Um, let's oh, see. Yeah. The thing you miss most about the Midwest.
3: Ooh. Um, there's something like really quaint and wholesome about it. And I every time I go home, I just like love getting like driving my dad's Ford F-150 and like wearing janky outfits and it's like fine and like wearing pajamas to the grocery store, which like you could probably do in New York. Um, and I really miss cycling. I love cycling, like road cycling, and I really can't do it anywhere other than home. So so and we live on a lake in Wisconsin which is great. So the outdoor stuff I would say and just like janky nature of it.
2: Yeah, That's that makes a I mean. lot of
3: sense.
2: You can always go home, <laughs> you know, no, you can always take a yeah. trip back.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um city running tips. Ooh. Um well it depends on the city. Uh, I love running in cities because I love sensory overload. I wouldn't say maybe you get like the most quality run running in a city, <laughs> definitely not, especially in like New York City. Um, but once you, honestly, I feel like it's like once you find good routes, like stick to those routes. And in, I love like New York City specifically. I love running on the bridges because it's uninterrupted. Um, and honestly, the key to running in New York City is running in Brooklyn uh Boston amazing city for running it's just like so built for that and otherwise always have a map I always run with my phone literally always um for that content but also <laughs> so I don't get lost um and I I think like running in cities is just like such a great way to explore them so that's kind of my tips I guess Avoid yeah that's good <laughs> yeah I would say that's sufficient yeah yeah
2: Um, okay. The last question I have is what is your advice to your younger self?
3: Oof. (laughs) Woof. Um, man, I, uh, my younger self would not expect me to be like where I am today. Honestly, I think it's like, kind of going back to like what we were talking about with like running was not something that I like really ever thought would be, uh, I never thought it would turn it into a job essentially like coming out of college um I had a lot of like I I was a journalism major I always thought I was gonna like write for Vogue or something and I kind of had like a a crisis when I was like I'm not running in college anymore but like I don't want to give running up and I never thought that I would be able to like turn it into something and so I'm proud of my to younger Izzy I'm proud of you that you turned your like your interests into a career um and I think like that I just never thought that I would be able to do that and I'm like who would have thought that I could like make money doing what I love so uh it's all going to work out and maybe probably not how I thought it would but um I'm glad that it did work out this way and the best is hopefully yet to come. Uh, here we go, so optimism. Press. Yes. So I can't wait to like, listen back to this in a year and see where I am. Cause one year ago right now I was in a very, very different place. I was living out of a suitcase. So uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. That's <laughs> we'll so see, funny, but I yeah. feel like people talk about five-year plans all the time or whatever like, like what's I your five-year plan happening
3: next month
2: yeah i was like well first of all i don't know what i'm gonna be doing yep. in five years hopefully in five years i'm gonna be like yep. married um <laughs> maybe <and> having kids <laughs> i don't know yeah. but who knows i don't know what i'm gonna be doing in five years but it's funny to look back five years ago i was 21 so i was like oh, a senior god. in college and i had like just started my youtube channel whatever it's yeah oh my god that was five yeah. years ago that's I feel yeah. <laughs> um but it's just so funny because i like I would have never expected to be like what I'm, where I am right now, like doing what I'm doing. Like having my YouTube channel turn into my job, like, basically. The world so is
3: changing constantly. And that's what, when people are like, where do you see yourself in five years? Like, do not do not ask me that. Yeah, because yes, I don't know. So like much, I if you would ask me one year ago where I saw myself in five years, the answer would have been completely different so don't have honestly don't have a plan have no plan just go where the wind takes you because that is i honestly that's what i've done and it's kind of working so and have a sibling sibling qualify for the olympics that's all i'll say <laughs> <laughs> so that's the key to success <laughs> oh my god just do that and your problems will be solved <laughs> there we go
2: that's the end quote of the episode that's all you need that's in it. this world yep <laughs> Um, okay, well where can people where can people follow you at?
3: Um so my main Instagram is Isabel Seidel. It's not Izzy Seidel. Isabel Seidel, that's my birth name. Um and then Sad Girl Track Club on Instagram. That's my favorite account. It's the best one. Um, and follow that for raccoon memes and self-deprecating running humor. Um, and then I do have a TikTok, also Sad Girl Track Club, but don't watch that. It's bad. <laughs> um, and those are. That's kind of the main. That's that's about it. So that's all I can manage at the moment. Nothing that's else. That's all you need. It sounds yeah, like. I so. Don't
2: need anything else. I don't <laughs> recommend adding like five accounts. Not not very good for the brain. I cannot, (laughs) so. (laughs) Amazing. All right, Izzy, well, thank you for joining us. A very insightful episode, I will say. It was lovely talking to you, but uh, to close out the episode, can we get a good old peace out, fellas? Peace out, fellas. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode with Izzy. I hope you guys really enjoyed that being a little bit of a fly on the wall for this conversation. We talked about so many different things, and it's fun to chat with someone I've never chatted with before because we have a lot in common. So I hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you love the episode. It helps me out so much, and I just love reading your guys' reviews. It seriously makes my day. Follow us on Instagram at commas over pod if you want to be up to date on the latest episodes and submit listener questions. That's it for today, but I will catch you all next week. Peace out, fellas.